Before we begin today, I want to thank those of you who support the work of Renovare. So many of you give, and there's just no way we could do this work without you. So thank you. And so today we finish out our month's look at the spiritual discipline of study with two very different but really helpful guests. I suspect through the years, I've had a bit of a judgment towards study as a spiritual practice. For modern Christians in the Western world, study sits center stage, the prized discipline, if not the only discipline to practice. Belief, knowing, certainty, these things almost feel like idols to worship at the altar of the scientific revolution. I suspect we miss the point of study as a spiritual practice to aid in our formation if we use its fruits only to prove a point, win an argument, put others down, and lift ourselves up. Ever notice the ease at which we tolerate arrogance from those who know more than us? Or how divorced learning and knowledge acquisition is from character formation? The practice of study should make us better people, not worse, more loving and more kind, more helpful, more like Jesus. When it comes to study, I want heart, I want practical, I want community, and I want transformation. And that's what our guests bring today. Study as a practice we do before God listening, responding, co-laboring, and obeying. We start things off today with speaker, author, pastor, spiritual director, and more importantly, my close friend, Phil Anderson. Now don't let those titles mislead you. Phil's someone who doesn't necessarily fit the mold for whom we normally think of as studious, academic, or heady. In fact, Phil struggled, struggled a lot. His attention deficit disorder has marked much of his life, as has this tension of striving, doing, and performing. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. Denial's the fastest-growing state in America. (laughs) Everybody's moving there. (laughs) Yeah, I've got lots of property there. Um, I own several homes. (laughs) I blame Leave It to Beaver. That's what I blame. You know what I mean? Someone's got to be responsible. I just grew up with this idea that I don't know. I don't know what I thought. It's television. I was raised on television that life just is okay and people are happy and nothing really tragic happens. And it's just not reality. It's not reality at all. Yeah. And I think, I think if we really, I mean, sometimes I've wondered, I'm I'm recording now because I'm saying something profound. Oh, good. And we'll just run right into it and then just cut things out. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um. <laughs> no, I forgot what I was saying. Don't um, do that to me. Oh, sometimes I think, man, I just must know a lot of broken, sick people. But but then I realize it's just because I know 
their stories and the people. Uh, I mean, it's not just my select um, sample. Yeah. It's everybody, right? Isn't yeah, that your right. experience? That is my experience. Um, we're all a hot mess. <laughs> In fact, someone told me um, a long time ago, um, uh, during a pretty dark season in my life when I was trying to hide that fact, um, th they said, uh, Phil, don't, don't you know we're all broken? <laughs> the ones you need to, to watch out for are the ones who don't know they are. Right, right. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's probably why that's probably why you feel like most of your friends are because you're you're probably looking for friends who know they are. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know I am. I I, I just don't need um, I don't need, need people in my life who are living in that illusion. So I'll join them in it. Just give me an invitation. <laughs> the the seduction of moving to the state of denial is yeah, compelling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't need any help. I can get there on my own. I just I just don't want to live there. Yeah, yeah. I we ran an interview or a, a talk that Trevor Hudson did on the podcast a few weeks back. And one of the lines in there that just stuck with me is is a, a word he had when he was going as a young man going to be a pastor, and and the word was a uh, remember Trevor. Everybody sits by their own pool of tears. Something to that effect. Wow. And, yeah. And that's um, you know from a pastoral context or even a you know driving in traffic context. To yeah, just remember right. that everybody's, you know, and 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 you don't know if someone's driving to go get chemo or to go help, you know, to the hospital because their mom's dying. Or I mean, we everybody's got a story going. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons I love talking with you is whenever you tell me your story, mm -hmm. I find my story somewhere in it. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I, I just don't think our stories are, um, and I'm not just, I'm not talking just about you and me. I, that, that seems to be the case most often when I'm with folks who are being really honest. It, it, it's somewhere in the telling of their story, there are similarities that help me touch into my own. And a great help. Isn't there something freeing when we hear each other's stories? And oh, not, not that we just continue to stay at the pool of tears of sorts, right? right? right. But we can kind of maybe smile and go, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe even sit by um, a pool of joy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ah, here's the picture I've got, Phil. The pool of tears, and then it overfills the banks, and then there's a mm. pool of joy, and we, yeah. we yeah. get to join each other. And I'm pretty yeah. sure those two are tied mm. together. Can be tied, right? We can get lost in the in the. Oh yes, yes. I think the tragedy is they are tied, but we get we get stuck, we get lost, we get anchored. 
Mm-hmm. And um, golly, just around the corner <laughs> is is this um, sometimes preferable pool, but we forget it's there, or we just don't want to go there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's painful. Yeah, I, I like Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. All these years later, we're still <laughs> referencing the beef. That's right. That's right. My youngest, he watched every episode. He went through. A, I said, oh, be careful, son. <laughs> Do not get a distorted view of reality. You're but enticing me. I might spend the rest of the day watching uh, reruns. Well, leave it to me. It's great. It's great. It, what I've appreciated is it's given us language for those friends he brings over that uh, I can go kind of Eddie Haskell ish. Yes. <laughs> and he goes, yes. yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's o- good. Okay. I have the perfect transition. Yes. Good. Let's do it. Speaking of struggle, being honest, challenges and such. Yes. Um, and, and I'm, I'm out on a limb here. So you bear with me, uh, but I think I know you well enough, Phil, to know that you've faced some struggles. Mm-hmm. But you have this incredibly robust life of study. H- how have you gotten there? <laughs> um, by way of a lot of struggle. It, <laughs> it has the tears not, to joy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not come naturally, and for the most part, it it, it hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I'd say that more than anything else, it's been driven, fueled by a desire to know, to understand, um, and, and to be known and understood. Hmm. And, 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 and so um, I'd say that desire, more than anything else, has fueled if it is uh, robust, um, a, a robust life of study. Um, I, I just, you know, I think there, there are a few things I've learned. There's a lot left to learn, but mm-hmm. um, willpower uh, has been a source of, of great disappointment for me. <laughs> Uh, I just have never uh, seemed to have enough willpower or discipline okay. to, um, to, to settle into the, the willpower. You know, the, the discipline have not been enough to sustain me. So, so what will? And, uh, and, and I come back to desire. Um, somehow having a want to. It has a, a staying power that should, that ought, have, have seldom uh, had for me. So it's like a kind of curiosity to kind of know more? I think it's, it's curiosity, but um, I'd say curiosity has a limited staying power, too. I get distracted very, very easily. And I'm, I, I, I think what holds me, what anchors me is um, a passionate desire to know and 
to understand. Um, otherwise, uh, study's just too hard. <laughs> and so I, I'm repeating myself, but um, maybe it's worth repeating. I, I've I've got to really want to know what study will um, yeah. will help me know. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that's something we cultivate? Something that comes a gift from God, a combination? Oh, I think it's a. I think it's definitely gift. I I I know that there's uh, there's no prayer more important for me to pray than for the desire for the right things in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so I, I, I if if there's a if there's an ounce of desire for something good in me, I'm pretty confident where it came from. <laughs> right? I didn't I didn't come up with that myself. It's gift. Everything is gift. Yeah. Which I, I think is uh, in the context of talking about a discipline like study, which I know some people uh, are never more happy than when they're studying. I'm just not one of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now I can I can I can become happy and content, but uh, it 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 hasn't been natural. Uh, so I have had to cultivate it, but. Um, the end of the day, it, I'm convinced it's a gift that's been given, and I think beyond the gift, there are some there's there are some other things that have been really important for me. Um, I, I I think paying attention to things that that help and and things that hinder, okay, have been um, really essential for me. Um, I'm a creature. Uh, a bit of a creature of habit, but not so much <laughs> because I'm so easily distracted. I can be, I can be in the midst of, of, of a habit, but if a squirrel uh, catches my <laughs> eye, I'm, I'm gone, right? Yes. So I have to be really alert to things that hinder so I have to, for instance, I have to pay attention to uh, the space that I'm in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's there there are certain places where it, the likelihood. So I've got I'm at home now. Uh, I happen to be downstairs, but upstairs there's a room that I've uh, devoted to study. I just don't go in there uh, for any other reason, hmm. and and so. Um, when I'm in that room, I have certain um, things there that remind me this is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it, this is silly, but um, I mean, I do think we, uh, we're people, you know, most of us make associations. When, when I'm in a, um, a, a stadium, I expect to see a ball game or a concert and, Movie theater, I buy popcorn. Right. I can't right. not. <laughs> you and Lucy, right? <laughs> um, same thing with my wife. And, and so what, what can I, how can I leverage that? I know that about me. Mm-hmm. So how can I leverage it? Um, so I, I think 
there are times in the day, uh, certain times, when it's more likely that I'm going to be able to really devote myself to study than other times. Right, right. I, I, I know with that that um, if I haven't kind of cleared the space in my head for study, mm-hmm. in other words, if I've got a bunch of things that are on my mind when I try to study, I need to either find a way to get them off my mind or um, I, I'm going to be discouraged, frustrated. Clear the palate a little bit, huh? Yes. You know, I'm with you. I don't know if I've told you. I've got a chair in my office just for prayer and study. There you go. I don't ever sit there for any other yep. reason. Yep. And it just um, it sits there and taunts me sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, but when I get there, okay, you know, clear the you know, palette. You know why you're there. Yes. And I keep a little pad of paper there to clear the palette. Like, yes. Oh, that's right. Don't forget this, 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 and that. But my yep. phone, my computer is not allowed in that chair. Everything has to Excellent. stay over there. The, yes. I'm curious, Phil, tell me what does uh, your practice look like with study? You know, to, to, to the point that we were making a moment ago, and, and I'll piggyback here. Um, you know, I travel a good bit. And and so some of these, um, I'd call them luxuries that we're talking about, I mean, having a chair, um, you, you probably don't travel with that chair. Correct. <laughs> and so um, I, I have to find some ways to replicate um, where, so, so that wherever I am, I, I can still leverage some of these tools that have been helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I I have to I have to be very careful to schedule study. Okay. There are a lot of things that I don't have to um, be so deliberate to schedule uh, because some habits are easy for me if there are things that I really enjoy if there are things that if there are things that come very naturally to me not so much a problem but because struggle uh, study really has been a struggle for me. And I think some of the reason, Nate, that I've, I have had the struggle is a perspective, a way of thinking about me. I've really spent most of my life thinking I'm not really that smart. Mm-hmm. And um, so how can I address that? And um, one thing that's, that's really helped is the kind of study that I do is is mostly focused on my life with God in some form or fashion. And a perspective that really helps me is um, the sense that God is inviting me to study. Mm-hmm. That it's really an invitation I'm responding to. It's, it, it's, it, it's, it's not just a, uh, I think it's, you know, a thing that um, I've got to do to get God to like me. It, it, it's because God likes me. <laughs> <laughs> get to go explore, huh? Yeah. And so when, when I have that mindset, that perspective about study, that 
my most loving, caring friend has things for me to know and understand. That that's much more inviting to me. Yeah. Yeah. That that can feel like, wow, uh, this is this is gonna be fun. This is an adventure. Uh, this is this is going to be good for me and probably good for all the people I love in some way. Yeah. So um and also, I, I think I, I was trained to strive. I was, I was trained to, to measure results. I was, I was trained to um, earn <laughs> <laughs> and understanding that, that there is effort, but there need not be any striving. Mm-hmm. And there's no mm-hmm. earning. Yeah, yeah. Has um, has freed me. Yes, yes. Now I don't have to be smart. <laughs> yeah. I, because one thing I, I I I do feel I have a competence, and I I feel like I can um, I can engage well in relationships. I have confidence in, in, in that, in my capacity for, for friendship. Yeah. And so I, I think I come at study more that way, and I found that really helps. Relationally with God or others? Uh, certainly relationally with God, but in all aspects of life. I, I think it's just a posture of openness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mentioned striving, and and one of the things that's been so helpful for me is to realize that when I'm engaging with study, whether that's scripture or other books or well, really anything, I don't have to conquer it. Right? It's to serve yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not to serve it, in a sense. So for me to spend a time reading a chapter twice or going slow or reading and then journaling for 15 minutes, um, that that's okay. I don't, I'm not trying to win. (laughs) Right. Right. And to that point, um, so I was, I was reading something, I believe it was, uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, um, Wow, I'm sounding smart all of a sudden. Well, I, I, um, see, this is why I wanted to talk to you because you are extremely well read and bright. But but I I know there's this nagging sense of not being. Yes, and, and so it's a beautiful kind of irony. But go ahead, I interrupt you. Well, no, that's that's that's. I'm glad you did because it gave me a chance to make sure I remember what I believe he said. <laughs> um, he he was talking about. When we're studying scripture, he he said we must always be saying to ourselves, "It's it's talking to me. It's talking about me." And um, and he goes on to talk about how 
the, the, the focus need not be only on whether we're getting it, but also whether it's getting me. And um, there's a freedom in that as well. So if I'm reading and, um, and I don't understand, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Let's just keep reading. And, and, and before you know it, um, you bump into something that you do need to know, that you do, in fact, understand. And this is, I've been wading through all this other stuff to come to this, and it's good. I always enjoy talking with Bill. Next, we turn to a trial lawyer from Houston, Texas, Justin Campbell. In the world of law, I think he's a big deal. He's made partner at two firms. In 2016, he was added to the list of best lawyers in America. I read through some of his legal accomplishments on the firm's website. It's impressive, very impressive. I suspect you'd have to know a thing or two about study to navigate multi-million dollar cases. But I don't know Justin as a lawyer, rather as a deeply studious person of devotion. He's devoured Dallas's books over and over and over again. He's a perfect example of the type of person Dallas talked about at the end of Divine Conspiracy. Someone who's working and living this life with God out in the context they've been placed, in the profession they've been placed. Justin's a Southern Baptist teaching in his church. He loves to mentor folks, and he's deeply committed and rooted to the Word-centered life. Justin helps me connect dots in some really unique ways. I love his attention on reality. Study? Come learn about the really real. Come learn about reality. Justin, how are you, sir? Doing well. Ah, I'm so glad we get, to, we get to talk today. When I think of the discipline of study, there are a few people that come to mind more that have uh, really integrated this practice uh, deeply into their life and who they are. Uh, I wondered if you might just help us a little bit in, in thinking about why the discipline of study and, and maybe how. Right. Well, you know, the practice of uh, the discipline of study is some is a, is a, a way in which we, you know, we engage something, the thing we are going to study, a text of scripture or some aspect of nature, for example, uh, uh, a book uh, that's not the Bible. Uh, and, you know, that makes space for God to uh, put his way in our minds and imprint his way on our wills, uh, just as the new covenant promises. So, uh, you know, to begin with, uh, I would say if we want the life that we're made for, uh, study, especially the study of scripture, is really indispensable. <laughs> so uh, that's what it is, and, and perhaps the headline of why we want to do it. Mm. I, love, I love the line, if we want the imprint of God's will in our lives. If we want the life that we're made for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of people don't realize that the new covenant has three dimensions, not just one, not just forgiveness of sins. It also includes intimacy with God. And God says, I will put my way in your mind and I will imprint it on your will. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, So forgiveness, uh, intimacy and transformation are all included. Mm-hmm. And studies one way that we create space for that imprint to, to occur. Exactly yeah. right. It's important that we make space for God to change our, our minds, to renew our thinking and our feeling, because uh, everything depends on that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, in the moment of choice and action, the only thing we have to go on is what we think and feel about the situation. And of course, our choices produce actions and our actions produce habits and our habits produce a character in time. Uh, we, because that, and in that way, we take on the order of what we study. Uh, and that's why it's important to be uh, well-grounded in uh, the scripture, which is really a book of uh, reality. It's a book of knowledge. It's a book about how things really are. Mm-hmm. Our minds need to be reformed in that. The really real. Now, you said a line there that, that I think is really helpful is in study, we are able to change our mind. Right. right. So we're not just studying things to reinforce what we already think or believe, right? Oh, no, no. I mean, a lot of, you know, uh, I'm a Southern Baptist, and so there's a lot of that going around, uh, you know. <laughs> All of us, you know, trying to prove we're right about some doctrine. But uh, uh, no, it, it's not that. And, and it's, it's actually not just, uh, we're talking about more than simply having information about what is in the Bible. More than knowing what I ought to think, we're talking about actually thinking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I suppose everyone knows uh, uh, that we ought to think it is more blessed to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unless you actually think that is true, you won't do it. Right. So study. That's a, that's this business of changing our minds, changing what we really think about things. You know. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, Jesus uh, says to, that's where he says to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But that goes with the preceding verses that say, you know, uh, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Uh, so we have to come to really understand and know that we can afford to love other people because there are no shortages with God and uh, he is pleased to give us the kingdom. So that's what I'm talking about is, is it really coming uh, to have your mind renewed so that you, you know, that's reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. How, how has your training as a lawyer helped you or even hindered you in the practice of this discipline? Well, uh, I tell people that I'm a lawyer because I'm this way, not vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) I think what, you know, made me a a lawyer also has helped quite a bit. I have a a mind that, you know, is is analytical and uh, I'm pretty good at at inductive reasoning, which Mm -hmm. is part of this, you know, in time, you know, in in study, we we start out saying, you know, if I say I'm reading a text of scripture, you know, I'm asking myself, what is this saying and what does it mean? How does it apply to me? That's the beginning of it. And then we just need to think about it. 
keep thinking about it uh, because in time uh, we can begin to see the necessary connections between what we may have learned over here last year and what we're learning over there right now. And and so that we, in a sense, by reasoning uh, inductively, we, we, we come to these, to know these uh, uh, major, you know, pillars of the framework of truth uh, as we, and, and my, my mind works that way. And so, uh, you know, that helps. <laughs> the idea of kind of learning, study, renewing of mind, connecting things we've learned with new things we're learning. And you mentioned a piece of to think about it. What, what does that look like practically to uh, think about things you're studying? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I, I know that, you know, based on the scriptures and is, you know, categorized as a, a separate discipline, but I do think that, you know, we, we sort of chew on what we've learned and roll it over in our minds and, and uh, just let it sink in a little bit. But the other thing that I have found over a long period of time, uh, like, for example, when I am preparing, to, I'm a Bible teacher at our church, and when I'm preparing to teach, uh, my approach every time is to say, Lord, I don't know what to say, and if I did, I wouldn't know how to say it, so give, give me the words that would glorify you and bless your people. Mm-hmm. And then I read the text and I read the text and I read the text. And then I just watch how my mind, uh, you know, how I believe God directs my mind. And what I find is, is that things that maybe I learned three years ago come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, over a period of time, you know, I, I believe God gives me the words and I write them down and I go say them. And so, uh, you know, that's part of what I'm talking about is, is thinking about it. And sometimes it's much more immediate than that, you know, or what is this about? Uh, and then, you know, or what is the next step here in this teaching? It's and interactive. So yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about all the disciplines. And, and we're so familiar with studying to pass a test at school that the discipline of study, we may overlook it. But all of these disciplines, study included, is simply a way uh, to make space for God to renew our minds and uh, transform our hearts. <laughs> and, you know, in the practice of the spiritual discipline, it works that way. Uh, it has to. Yeah. Or all we end up with is a bunch of information about what's in the Bible. Right, right. Which which might be helpful, might be destructive. Could be, could be. You know, it's, it's usually not a bad start, but it's not the end. Yeah, yeah, there's a way to say it. One of the things I've noticed with you, Justin, is I, whenever you're learning something, you always have questions, right? A couple things on that. One, the importance of asking questions. Two, the courage to ask questions. Because for a lot of people, they're afraid to ask questions that they don't want to look stupid or, you know, this or that. What's your thoughts on that practice? Well, uh, at least when I attended law school, the Socratic method was still in uh, in use by law professors. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know much about that, but as William F. Buckley Jr. said, it's a game at which only one can play. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experience uh, with uh, with that's the sort of thing you're talking about. You know, asking a question or being asked to give an answer, and then. Uh, 
so maybe I've gotten over being afraid of not looking good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the questions are really a, 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 an outgrowth of, of, of what, you know, of what we ask ourselves as we're studying. What is this saying? What does it mean? How does it apply? What is the implication of this in some other area? That's where, uh, you know, when you get beyond simply understanding or, uh, you know, what is being said here and you start trying to apply it, understand its deeper meaning, uh, you know, practically speaking, how might this work? Well, the questions just come to mind. And uh, for me, the answering the questions are part of, of the study. It's part of learning. The question, you know, is something I don't know the answer to. So <laughs> I'm not sure I do. So uh, I'm with you, Justin. I can't learn without asking questions. I mean, I'm the person uh, when I'm, you know, a tourist on a guided tour, I'm the one that can't shut up because I just, it's and I go, how do you not ask questions, you know? Right. No, I, it's, uh, to me, it's part of the learning process. And, uh, you know, and one of the reasons why, you know, as, as with everything else, these disciplines are best practiced in community, you know, uh, other people who, like-minded people who either are studying the same thing or, you know, might know the answer to my question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've got, I mean, just... What I catch in talking with you is you devour books and very well read. What would you say to someone who's just beginning or maybe kind of kind of a dry spell and and engaging then with the discipline of study, whether it be scripture or other you know, classic texts? Well, you know, as in everything, as uh, your dad would say, don't be a hero. Uh, you know, start with something that's manageable and. Uh, you know, to me, one of the great things about Runavari is that the going deeper uh, part of, of many of the books and as well as the recently published, uh, what is it, 25 books that all Christians should read, because the hard part is what should I read? Uh, you know, there's, you know, you go into a bookstore, I mean, <laughs> how do I pick what I'm going to read? So I, I that, that's a good place to start. And uh, uh you know, I, I think that you just go slow and, and uh, these, if you're, you know, the Bible or some of the devotional classics, I mean, they are not, they are not written to be read, you know, uh, at the pace of a book a week or a mm-hmm. book a day or whatever some people are able to do. You have to go slow. And uh, uh, what I'm thinking of is uh, my wife bought a cop, bought for me a very nicely bound uh copy of Augustine's Confessions mm-hmm. and you know just the sort of antiquated language itself is quite a hurdle for me and uh, so what I, I said is I'm just going to read this and if I don't understand it I'm just going to keep reading and see what happens and so that's what I did that that'd be an approach and uh, I sort of have the feeling when I go back and read it again it may make more sense. Mm. But, you know, you just have to, you know, give yourself plenty of time and don't quit. And, you know, and ask God to, to help understand. Mm-hmm. One, one last question, if I can, Justin. You mentioned community. How does the practice of study play out in community? Well, of course, I've already, you know, uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, we can study things together and have discussion. And uh, that's a great assistance, of course. Uh, 
the other thing that comes to mind, in, in, you know, in, in in the Bible in, in the in the Bible study that I'm part of the teaching group in, uh, one of our traditions is the floor is always open. Comment, disagreement, questions. What I have found, you know, with a new group, this group, the group I'm, I'm teaching in now is that was their tradition, but others I've had to, to you know, encourage them to understand I really mean that, you know, not the sort of thing people are accustomed to introducing someone or in, interrupting someone who's giving a talk. Right. But uh, what I have found is, you know, if uh, oftentimes uh, what someone else says may be the most important thing that happens. and. The reason for that is that another one of the basic things I say to people when I get started with a new group, do not come to listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, come with the purpose, the intention of being with Jesus for his purposes, and he mm-hmm. will be in the midst. And you listen to what the Spirit says to the church. And when everybody begins to do that, see, that's that's real ecclesia that produces kononia, and the Spirit begins to move. And so the community in, you know, through the Holy Spirit teaches itself. Mm. And of course, you know, uh, you're not looking for, you know, a 30 minute discussion among people that don't know what they're talking about. That's not what I'm saying. A teacher needs to give substance and structure. And when it's time to move on, you have to move on. But that's a very real, uh, that's a a real, that's a reality in, in, in Christian communities that gather in Jesus' name. And so uh, that would be the, the thing I would say most about it is that as we gather in community, Jesus promises to be there in a special way if we'll just listen. Well, there you have it. I wanted to let you know Justin's developed a curriculum for helping train leaders in churches. I'm sure you'll hear more from him as things continue to develop. I also wanted to let you know about a couple of Phil's books. His first one is titled Running on Empty, Contemplative Spirituality for Overachievers. Phil's also written the book Breaking the Rules, Trading Performance for Intimacy with God. Phil is a delightful and honest writer. Up next month, The Spiritual Discipline of Simplicity. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.